Hi, this is Pastor Bob. Today we're taking up the fifth in our teaching on grace, surpassing grace. You think grace ends whenever we're on this earth and, oh, we finally got to go to heaven. Now the grace of God is over. No, there's a grace called surpassing grace. It gets better every day. You never, ever leave the grace of God, even into eternity. And that grace gets better and better every day you're with God. Let's go to the word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. We have been discussing for this week five different types of grace found in the Word of God. The very first contact we have with God's grace was called convicting grace. The moment we heard the gospel, conviction rose inside of us. That's the grace of God telling us we need to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. The grace of God doesn't make us do anything. The grace of God is what convicts us, shows us the right thing, convicts us of our past life, and convicts us that now is the time to move into a whole new phase of life, and that's by receiving Jesus. The next thing that happens is if we say yes to convicting grace, then comes quickening grace, and that's where the uh, grace of God literally quickens us by the power of the Holy Spirit, gives us eternal life, and we pass from death unto spiritual life. The third one after that is last throughout our entire lifetime, and this is called living grace. And this is the grace of God that keeps growing. In fact, we're told in James, he gives more grace. And the time of convicting grace, quickening grace, from that time on, grace continues to grow in our life as we do a couple of things. Number one, listen to the Holy Spirit. And number two is living by the word of God. The more we apply those things to our life, the more we grow in love, the more we grow in our discipleship toward God, the more we move up in our following and faithfulness toward God, loving him. And then the final one for this life down here is number four, and that's called dying grace. And dying grace is where the presence of God's grace is with us to carry us from one side to the other. We finished yesterday's broadcast talking about that the death of a Christian is a personal rapture. At the rapture, Jesus will come, angel will come, at that time, and uh, then also those that are dead in Christ before us come and get their old bodies back and turn them into resurrection bodies. We also receive a resurrection body, then we all go to be with the Lord. And this is what I've seen so often with a Christian dying. They say, I see Jesus in the room, I see angels in the room, and then they start to see past relatives in the room. Look, there's my dad, my mom, and they'll see them, they'll recognize them, and then they'll go to be with him. In fact, God just sends a group to take them to heaven. Exactly what happens at the rapture. Sure, because there's people all the time saying, I think I'm going to miss the rapture. I'm going to die before it comes. No, you'll have a personal rapture. What's going to happen, the rapture will happen to you. And then you'll get to pass on with that group of people, with Jesus, with the angel, and go to heaven and be with the Lord in heaven. Today, we're going to talk about number five, because grace doesn't end when you die. Grace doesn't end when you move to heaven. No, grace gets better and it lasts forever. We're calling the fifth one surpassing grace. Why do I call this surpassing grace? It surpasses anything we've ever seen. It literally gets better throughout all of eternity every single day. Can grace do that? Yes, because grace is unlimited. And we're going to move into surpassing grace. Ephesians 2.7 is the scripture I want to start with. While you're finding that, 
I'm teaching from a series I have called Types of Grace, and you'll be blessed by it because the things we're covering here are covered in this. And if you wait till halftime, the announcer's gonna come on and tell you how you can have a copy of that. All for yourself in the meantime, Ephesians 2, 7. says, in the ages to come, he might show us the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. This is surpassing grace, exceeding riches of his grace. And this will last throughout all of eternity. Continue to get, you say, how can grace get any better? I don't know. But you know what? I know that a billion years from now in my resurrection body, I'll be saying, oh, that's how grace gets better each and every day. So in eternity, surpassing grace rewards will be given to us for our works done in the spirit in fellowship with God, handed out at the judgment seat of Christ. We see the judgment seat of Christ kind of this way. Well, it's a time when God's gonna judge us. Well, honestly, it's a time of rewards because a better definition of the judgment seat of Christ is the rewards seat of Christ. And this is where God will give us surpassing grace. God will show us surpassing grace by showing us the rewards he's gonna have for us for eternity for what we did on this earth. So I can't think of too much everything. They're kind of small. Well, the Bible even says, you know, that he'll, if you gave a cup of cold water in his name, there's a reward for that, a prophet's reward. Nothing is overlooked by God and will all be covered at the judgment seat of Christ or again, the rewards seat of Christ. Let's define what surpassing grace is. It's the giving out of your rewards in heaven at the judgment seat of Christ for the works you've done under the control of the Holy Spirit while you're in fellowship with God during your lifetime here on this earth. Works done in the flesh, not forgiven, are called wood, hay, and stubble, and they'll be burned up at the judgment fire and lost forever. What do I mean by that? If you did things, even if you did things for God, but you know what? You knew you had sin in your heart, and you know you had not, you had not asked God to forgive you. Maybe you're puffed up and a little bit of pride thinking, well, I, I deserve that. You know, I, I know that person deserved that. Now, I, it's okay for me to think that way toward them. And you start trying to do good things. No, you are under the control of the flesh at that time and you will not be rewarded for that. What you did while you were in the flesh and you were not forgiven and you would not repent of that in heaven, it's called wood, hay, and stubble and will follow you there. If you ask the Lord on earth to forgive you of that, then those things are not even brought into heaven. They're immediately forgiven and removed out of your life. The best thing I can tell you is, man, stay current. If there's things in your life you need to take to God, quit getting puffed up in pride, thinking I deserve it's okay for me to think that way. I like to say this, the Father is telling you you've done something wrong. The Son's telling you something you've done something wrong. The Holy Spirit's convicting you of what you've done wrong. Your wife's telling you you've done something wrong. Others around you can see it, but you're the dumb one that won't admit it. Just admit it. Come to the Lord and say, Father, I have blown it. I have missed it. I confess it to you and immediately it's forgiven. It's over you will not be held accountable for that in heaven. We're told in chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians, if we will confess it here, we will not be held accountable for it up there if we repent here. And so that's what the Lord is trying to tell us. But on the other hand, they'll be burnt up in the judgment fire and lost works done in love, controlled by the Holy Spirit, love toward people, love toward God, and the Holy Spirit's directing you by that. You are no longer in the flesh, you are in the Spirit. And that's called in heaven gold and silver 
and precious stones, and for those we are rewarded. We'll be getting into that passage here in just a minute. Again, like I said, in the Greek, the judgment seat of Christ is actually better translated as the rewards seat of Christ. So the distribution of our rewards at the judgment seat of Christ is taught in three sections of scripture, and let's take a look at those right now. Romans chapter 14, and verse 10. While you're finding Romans 14, 10, let me just say to those again who are faithful with this broadcast, you've been watching me now for years. You've been hooked up with me for years. Those who've joined me in the past few months and believe me, there as many, even in the past few weeks that are joining and just blessing me with the size of your gifts, but also the faithfulness of your gift. For those who've been doing it for so long, I'm not looking for a particular size of gift, a certain amount. You give as you purpose in your heart. I'm simply saying all that added together, it's just overwhelming at the blessings that are coming in that we now, when we think about something, we can just do it. And to have that, thank you so much for that. And I'm not the one that rewards you. I can say thank you, which is some kind of reward, but God's gonna bless you in heaven. At the judgment seat of Christ, the reward seat of Christ, those things will be handled. If you're not a partner with me, I, I want you to be. On top of that, many of you know you should be a partner with me because there's, you've been watching this program and you feel convicted every time I bring this up. You know what? That's the Holy Spirit convicting you and what you should be doing is saying yes to that. I want to do that. And listen, start and you'll find out that not only will God bless you for the giving, he'll bless you with more to give more in the days to come. That's the kind of God we serve. Go to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me. So thank you so much. Romans 14, 10 says this, why do you judge your brother? That's here on earth. Why do you show contempt for your brother? We shall all stand before the judgment seat or the reward seat of Christ. You know what this is saying? If you don't get over that judging, you don't ask God to forgive you, you're gonna be held accountable for it in heaven. You're not gonna be thrown out of heaven because of that, but no, you'll have a, you'll have a loss of rewards in your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says, we must all, you can underline that word, all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Notice, everybody getting up there will have lots of good, I trust, and there's gonna be some bad too, unless you are so quick to repent on everything you've ever done, you'll go to heaven and you'll just have good up there waiting for you, but most of us will have some good and some bad, and we're gonna find out how it's gonna be judged, but again, we'll all appear before the judgment seat of Christ is a key verse. That word all simply means the entire body of Christ, those past and those in heaven will all have a resurrection body and stand before the judgment seat of Christ, which means there's going to not be a split rapture. There's going to be everybody that was ever saved during the church age will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ so that the earth can go into that time of tribulation. While the seven years of tribulation are going on on the earth, the church will go through the judgment seat of Christ in heaven, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Where do you find this in the scripture? Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter three, and here we have the scriptures laid out about what's going to happen during that time called the judgment seat of Christ or the rewards seat of Christ. Understand, when we go to heaven in our resurrection by the first thing that's gonna happen is we're gonna stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And here we find in verses 11 through 15, for no other foundation can any man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Your foundation is the foundation that you received in your life 
and it's your understanding, your knowledge, and your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he becomes the foundation for your life. You build on that foundation, and you build on that foundation the good things you've done in this earth and also the bad things you've done this earth since you've become a Christian. The bad things do not keep you out of heaven. They bar you from rewards in that area. So your amount of rewards may be limited when you get to heaven because you did so many things in carnality. You did things out of judgment toward other people, wrong motives. And when you did that, God simply says, you're just stacking up some wood, hay and stubble. It'll all be burnt up when you get to heaven. Verse 12 goes on to say, now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay or straw, each one's work will become clear. You'll be visible before everybody for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. What do you mean by what sort? Well, some are hard and some are precious and won't be destroyed by fire. In fact, they'll be purified by fire, but wood, hay and stubble would just be poof. But guess what? Your foundation will still stand. Your foundation is your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You will not be barred from heaven. You will be in heaven, even though you will not be rewarded for those things like other people will. You, you'll receive your rewards and it will be some that some other people won't receive. But understand this, when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you will go to heaven. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he'll receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet so as by fire. You cannot destroy your foundation, which is your trust in Jesus Christ. I'll see you right after the break. The awesome grace of God begins with salvation and carries us all the way through this life and into eternity. Because of the work of the cross, God's grace is absolutely free to all who will simply receive it. In this five-lesson teaching series, Pastor Bobby Indian highlights the foundational Bible truths concerning four specific types of grace that God has provided for us. The topic titles are Mephibosheth, Convicting Grace, Saving Grace, Living Grace, and Dying Grace. Understanding the nature of the grace of God in each of these areas of life will help you understand the nature of His character and His unconditional love for us. To order types of grace, go to bobbyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. This understanding will allow you to walk in more maturity and stability in your Christian life. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. 
Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Let's take another look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11 through 15. Understand that this little time, this space of time where we go through the rewards or judgment seat of Christ, judgment here sounds like such a bad word. God says, why don't we call it the reward seat of Christ? And those who come up, you know, when people run in a race, only one guy gets the first place, there's second, third, and other things, and the rewards are handed out, but so it is in heaven. Not everyone's gonna be one of the top ranking ones in heaven. In fact, the Bible says some will shine like the sun, that's after, after the judgment seat of Christ, others as the moon, others as the stars, all different in brilliance and magnitude. This is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And what it's saying, no two Christians will shine the same in heaven, but we will be in heaven. I mean, that's the greatest thing of all the blood of Jesus Christ sent us to heaven. That's his responsibility to get us to heaven. Our responsibility is to get rewards once we're there. That means we take advantage of every opportunity to witness because there's witnessing crowns in heaven. We do everything else that where the Lord has asked us to do and there's blessings attached to that and we're rewarded for it. But no two people are gonna be rewarded the same in heaven. We will all be there by the blood of Jesus Christ, but we're all gonna have different rewards for what we did while we were down here in the earth. Let's again, take a look at that verse of scripture. And let's take a look at verse 11. No other foundation can any man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. All of my works are built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, including the good ones and the bad ones. It says in verse 12, but if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, also notice this along with the, those that are good, there's three that are bad, wood, hay, and straw. Each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. You'll be standing there with a huge group of people and the fire will test everyone's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, that's the gold, the silver, and the precious stones, he will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned, that's the wood, hay, and straw, he will suffer a loss but he himself will be saved yet so as by fire. It's possible to go to heaven and have very little rewards. In fact, no rewards. I can tell you this, the thief on the cross got no rewards. He didn't have time to do any works in this earth, but he got to heaven by simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. For Jesus said to him, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. And he got to go to paradise with Jesus Christ. So again, it's saying here, there'll be many in heaven that will just you know, be there. I remember growing up, there's a woman that used to stand up and give a testimony. She says, pray for me, I can just make it into heaven. My dad used to get so upset with her because we believed in eternal security. We believe once you got saved, you didn't have to worry about your salvation anymore. Just get concerned about leading people. Jesus doing the will of God and quit waking up every day thinking you've lost your salvation. But this woman said it, pray for me, I can just make it into heaven. My dad said to this woman, he said, you know what, even if she's right, and you know, we can pray, oh Lord, just, just help me get into heaven. He said, what kind of life is that? What you live by simply saying is pray for me, I can just make it into heaven, is your whole life is not knowing, not assured you're gonna be in heaven. I'm assured I'm gonna be in heaven. In fact, the verse here tells us that. If anyone's work is burned, 
he will suffer loss. What? Loss of rewards, but not loss of eternal life. In fact, it covers that. Don't think you're going to be lost and go to hell. No, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as by fire. There's going to be people in heaven with no rewards. Or what they had was all done in carnality and it's all going to be burned up. But notice this, they themselves will be saved. I don't want this. This is not what I'm looking for in my life. I not only want to go to heaven, I want to go to heaven in style. Second Peter chapter 1 says, So an entrance shall be ministered to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom. I don't want to just squeak into heaven and go, whoo, made it. No, I want to go up there in style. And that's not to prove anybody else less than me. It's available to everybody. I just want to go to heaven, not only hear him, hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. I want, after I've gone through the judgment seat of Christ, for him to go, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over much. This is what he's referring to here in that verse of scripture, is the judgment seat of Christ. And notice again, I don't want to just squeak into heaven and say, I just made it there. And so many people do that. In fact, I've heard that testimony before when people say, pray for me, I can just make it into heaven. Pray for me. In other words, it's a prayer request too. Pray for me, I can just get into heaven. Well, you know what? Why should I pray for you? I'm still praying for me. If we believe that, I don't believe that. When I got born again, I am going to heaven. And the beauty of it is I want to go to heaven, but not just squeak through the front door, not just stand there and go, wow, I made it into heaven. My goal is not to make it into heaven. My goal is while I'm in heaven is to have rewards that will last throughout all of eternity. And this actually gets to the place of where you're actually sitting on thrones with the Lord, ruling over nations during the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. All this comes back to faithfulness to serve God while you are in this earth. This is why we are here. That's why he left us here. If there's no rewards in heaven, then he'd have yanked us up out of this place the moment we got born again. But what are the rewards for? For doing great things on earth. In other words, is there rewards on earth? Yes. There's prosperity, there's grace poured out to me, more happiness, more blessing, more grace where that came from. But there's also something else. What I do on earth, he's so grateful for it. He has rewards for me in heaven, not just additional rewards on earth, but rewards in heaven. What I have on earth is temporary but what he's going to give to me in heaven will be eternal. And so I'm looking forward to eternal rewards as I stand there before the judgment seat of Christ or the reward seat of Christ. We are all going to be there. Let me just talk to you about crowns that are given to us in eternity. These are rewards. When you hear the term crowns in heaven, it's actually a reference to rewards in heaven. And I'm going to just name for you, there's about four of them found in the word of God. The first one is a crown for those who did not regress into sin and did not yield to carnality. Now, this is not talking about a person that never did, is that he finally learned to conquer these things and walked in righteousness for long periods of time. You know, I think one of the greatest things a Christian can do is say, you know what? The goal of the Christian life is not to sin. And honestly, I can't remember the last time I sinned. That's a wonderful thing to do. Not that you're puffed up in pride. No, it's the fact that you now have learned to yield to the presence of the Holy Spirit. Think of the word of God. Whenever a temptation comes to you, stop and think about what does the word have to say about this and actually step out on a scripture. This is Revelation chapter 3 and verse 12. The goal of the Christian life is not to sin at all. You say, well, I don't think I can ever get there. You probably won't. None of us will. But the point of it is, if that is our goal, think about this. I would rather shoot for the moon and miss it 
than to shoot for the ceiling and make it. And so many Christians have such a low threshold up here. They say, oh, if I could just do it, if I could just, and you know what, you ought to just stick it up there so high that you're actually doing what Jesus said to the woman caught in adultery when she left. He said, go and sin no more. He said this to a man that was healed also, go and sin no more. God tells us that. You mean I can get to a place in my life where I don't sin ever? Probably not, but if that's your daily goal, you'll actually come to a place I'm talking about right now where you look back and say, I can't remember the last time I committed a sin. You know, that's not, again, bragging on you. That's the fact, you know what? The word works and his scriptures work and his power works and the presence of the Holy Spirit works in my life. Revelation chapter three and verse 12. The second one is called a crown of glory. It's given to you by the chief shepherd, Jesus, who is the chief pastor to the faithful earthly pastors. Pastors, those of you that are watching right now that pastor a church, 1 Peter chapter five and verse four says, there is a reward, a crown for pastors only. And it will be given to you by the chief pastor, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, of your faithfulness in this earth. How many, you know what? I think pastoring is one of the biggest attrition rates of occupations in our country or the world. I mean, the huge number of people that step out to pastor churches that eventually give it up. And there's, again, you hear about all this turnover among pastors. The pressures to pastor are huge. But you know what this verse is saying? You stick with it. God's grace will be with you. His mercy will be with you. His strength will be with you and with every temptation, he'll make a way of escape. When you come out on the other side, there comes a point in your life where you begin to say, you know what? I've grown immensely along with my people. But what the Lord says, yes, and I have a crown of glory for you up here, given to you by me, the chief shepherd. And if I went through problems, you went through problems. But if I got delivered, you can be delivered. And that's the thing we need to look at. Number three is there's a crown of life for those that endured temptation. James chapter one and verse 12, even to the point of martyrdom, Revelation chapter two and verse 10. In this, we have the fact that we're all tempted at times. And, and what, what the temptation is this in this earth is there's a temptation by Satan to give up on the Lord, to quit witnessing for him. First of all, he doesn't want you to ever get born again. But if you ever do get born again, he will fight like crazy for you not to mature. He doesn't want you to mature because it's not Christians that lead other Christians to the Lord. It is disciples that lead people to the Lord. A Christian gets to go to heaven, but a disciple takes people with him. And Satan wants to know if you get born again, he wants to stop it at one. He does not want any more to get born again by you. And he will bring all types of problems against you. In other words, you thought you had trouble when you first got born again. You have no idea what it's going to be like when you decide you're going to grow in the things of God. And after you start to do that, man, it's like all hell breaks loose. So there's a crown of life for those that endured temptation. And James chapter one and verse 12 tells us this. And again, Revelation 2.10, even to the point of martyrdom, that you don't give up on the Lord. And what is martyrdom for? For you to deny the Lord Jesus Christ. Or as it was said back even of the New Testament, if you just throw a little incense on the fire, that they would let you live. But otherwise, I mean, if you didn't do that and honor them, same thing that happened to the Hebrew children back in Daniel's day is they were told they would be killed if they didn't bow down or just, you know, at least give recognition to the God there of that nation and they wouldn't do it, but God brought them through that. But also there's a crown of righteousness for them when they get to heaven, a crown of life 
for enduring temptation. The fourth one is called a crown for finishing your ministry. Second Timothy chapter four, verses seven and eight says this. Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge will give to me on that day and not to me only, but for all those who love his appearing. What's this verse of scripture saying? This is for all of us, every one of us, that those of us who have been born again if we will fight the good fight every day and keep following the Lord and finish the race he has for us, fulfill the ministry he has for us, he said the Lord will give me on that day, not to me only, but also that all those that love his appearing, he's gonna give us a reward for just simply finishing the race he has given to us. You know what? All of you that are watching me right now that are born again and probably born again for some time, you know you have a calling on your life. Yeah, I haven't found it yet. Well, your calling right now is just to be a good, outspoken, strong, mature Christian. You stick with that because every day the pressure of the world tries to get you to give up. Stick with your ministry by the time you get to the end of your life and stand in heaven. He'll give you a reward just for completing your ministry. I want to receive that reward, don't you? Thanks for watching this week. I trust you've been blessed by understanding even more than ever of the grace of God for your life. I will see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.